Welcome to episode 36 of the WebJoy podcast. I'm your host, Eddie. And in this podcast, we interview guests about their origin story and what makes them excited and joyful to be part of the tech community. I hope you enjoy today's episode. I left the coding bootcamp a week into it with Clifford Fajardo. Welcome to another episode of WebJoy. I'm excited today to have Clifford with us. Clifford, hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. So if you don't mind, let's just start out with you sharing who you are, what you do, where you work, you know, a brief intro so people can get to know you. I'm Clifford Fajardo. I'm based in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm Nicaraguan American, so I speak Spanish. My family's from Nicaragua. Fun fact, I have a twin brother. Currently, I work at LinkedIn, and I work primarily on the web, building web UIs on an infrastructure team. So it's really an environment like no other that I've uh, had in the past. I've had a few different roles in, in, at different companies and been really enjoying my time uh, at LinkedIn. So that's uh, the quick high-level overview. So are you working... Backend or front-end infrastructure? Primarily doing front-end, helping power infrastructure and experience. So closely collaborating with, with back-end engineers and making people more productive with their tools and, and, and infrastructure. That's very cool. Yeah, I actually lead a um, internal front-end developer tools team as well at Glassdoor. So nice. it's cool. We're kind of on similar teams. <laughs> yeah, front-end Tooling, infrastructure, I love that stuff as well. So there's so many new tools that you, you can imagine, libraries, frameworks, uh, it never stops. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That seems like a pretty exciting job, right? Working on front-end tooling at LinkedIn. How'd you get there, right? What first kind of got you interested in doing technology? And what did that journey kind of look like going from get starting to working at tech, to working at a pretty well-known company like LinkedIn? My development journey started halfway in college. So uh, third year of, second or third year of college, I was actually studying in the social sciences, sociology, political science. I thought that was, that was what I was interested in at the time and had aspirations maybe to be a lawyer, work in the government, mostly around uh, helping others at some sort of social enterprise to help others. And then during December break, I remember I just had free time. You know, you're in school, you have a December break at the end of the year, uh, time to relax. And I stumbled upon codecademy.com. So Codecademy, if you don't know, is a website that teaches you how to code for free in your browser. And once I started fiddling around with what at the time I didn't know was web development, I really got hooked seeing what I could these codes at the time, like how I could tweak them and it would make things appear on the screen. I, I got hooked and I realized it was something to really pursue. And, and it was a passion of mine when I sat down one time for five or six hours and hadn't noticed time fly by so fast. And even though I was struggling to try and understand what was happening, I still was hungry to come back and do more of this coding. And I just kept at it. So that was something I was learning on the side in college, eventually Googling and, and trying to find out, you know, can you make a career or out of this thing that I just discovered? I found out about coding boot camps. Coding boot camps in 2015 were starting to become, it was still not as popular as today, but it was 
starting to come up and enough people had done them that gave me the confidence to, to see that you can go to a coding boot camp and then eventually land a really awesome job and, and start working in the industry. So yeah, that's what I ended up doing, learning on the side. Interestingly, uh, my plan was to go to a four-year and transfer and, and complete my four-year degree. I, I did two years, but instead of completing my, my four years and having to switch my major, I decided to go to a coding boot camp. And I went to Hack Reactor in the San Francisco Bay Area. It was very challenging, and I feel like I have to be transparent for the learners. I thought that the program was difficult, and it's gotten it's it's always been a good program, but at the time being, what was I, twenty years old, twenty one years old, I I was unsure if I could I could pass the coding boot camp, and I actually was having you know cold feet, and I left the coding boot camps a week into it because I felt like I, it was too much, and how how am I supposed to get a job after three months, you know? And fortunately, the people at the coding boot camp were so nice and amazing that they actually reached out to me a few weeks later. And they asked me if I wanted to talk and maybe reconsider joining the next cohort. And they supported me all the way. And that's literally, that changed my life going through a a coding boot camp financially, career-wise, and just personally. So uh, I broke into the industry after uh, coding boot camp and landed at Salesforce in my first job. Wow, that's amazing. I love that they reached out to you. You know what I mean? Like they saw that you'd left and they're like, okay, let's check in with this guy and see like if he needs something, you know? I think that is just amazing. And then that they actually like, you decided to give it a second shot. And now, you know, the trajectory that's taken your life on that is awesome. When I landed at Salesforce, I... So I'm at LinkedIn now. So Salesforce was my first job and I've been all my roles primarily doing web engineering, uh, front end and UI. A recruiter reached out to me, which was completely new. As you, as you can imagine, everybody else who joins the industry, the first time you get a weird reaction when the first a recruiter reaches out to you and you've only been at a job for a short amount of time. I was like, what the heck? Why, why are they contacting me? And I've only been here three and a half months, like (laughs) it was just completely odd to me. Long story short, LinkedIn reached out to me. It's a company that I always wanted to work at. I interviewed with them the first time I didn't get in. I felt like I was close. A year later, the same recruiter reached out to me. I didn't reach out to them, but they're like, hey, maybe you've grown, you know, you want to reconsider. And I landed at LinkedIn the second time they, they interviewed me. So a lot of these things are very unexpected. I wasn't necessarily planning to target these these companies and it turned out like that some and even on Twitter I've had the opportunity just me being active on Twitter following people the tip I give people is be open to opportunities just be curious I've actually had interviews that came out of just talking with people on Twitter recruiters that have seen me on Twitter and stuff like that that's awesome so I guess what was like that like for you, right? Going through the first interview process and not making it, which we all do that so many times, but I feel like most of the time people don't try to go back to the same company, right? So what was that like for you the second time going through the interview process, kind of knowing, hey, like I've been here before and I didn't make it last time, but also hopefully, I don't know, was the interview process kind of similar or like, did it feel less nerve wracking? I don't know. What was like that like for you? Before I talk about the second time, 
I did feel devastated after I didn't pass the interview the first time because I was I went to the office. I was like, oh my gosh, this place looks like uh, Willy Wonka land, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and the people were so nice and and all that stuff. And I did feel like I was close, you know, so it felt graspable. So when I didn't get it, I it did. It was a blow a little bit, but at the same time, I remember that experience. What it caused me to do is think about there's room for improvement for me to become a better engineer. There's a lot of concepts that these people exposed me to uh, while I was interviewing. So from that respect, it it also lit a fire in me to want to learn more about my field. And then as far as how it went the second time, it wasn't too drastically different. If you go through something once, that tends to help a lot. And I definitely prepared a lot the second time going in and it turned out well. So I think that is such an encouraging story, right? So often you hear about when people change jobs and like that they got the job and maybe they spit out a certain number like, oh yeah, I interviewed at 20 companies and you know everyone said no except two or something. And so that kind of helps people who are in the midst of facing rejection, like understand that they're not alone. But I think there's something especially poignant about your story and like not making that first time at LinkedIn and like the fact that you did have to face that, right? Like that you even got to go to the building is like, even more heartbreaking because it's like you made yeah. it past that like first or second like filtering interview and like yeah. when you walk in the building you're thinking I could be here you know what I mean like it's it's real now right yep the second time I got in and then how it was from Salesforce to LinkedIn was actually a very eye-opening and drastic experience and I'll give you some context on that so the first job that I got was actually fully remote I worked from home and, you know, being new into your career, me being new into my career, I craved to be around other engineers and, and talk with them in person. And I didn't get too much of that at, at Salesforce. It was still great. Uh, got the experience for remote life. But when I got to LinkedIn, I just, it was a different world. The amount of uh, engineers that I was surrounded by, I got to work with lots of other people who specialized in the area of engineering that I was in, front-end engineering. So it being around that environment, I felt like I even grew significantly more in just a just a very short amount of time. Just you learn by being around people and, and talking with them, and through osmosis, you you pick that stuff up. And this is my tip for for people: like if you feel like you're wanting to grow more, sometimes you just need to surround yourself in a, in a different environment. If you're not getting that where you are now. At least from my experience, that's what, what helped a lot. Definitely, like you said, I've had transitions where I've been at a job with maybe a couple other engineers, but you don't talk, you're kind of just working on your own stuff. And then I transitioned to a design agency where I was surrounded by a bunch of front-end engineers and we had like a weekly share session. So I was actually remote. Most of them were in person, but they would all get together in a meeting room and me and you know one other remote person would call in, but someone would like say, hey, here's what I learned recently. And, you know, it was using, I went from like using really old technology to suddenly using like Angular 1. And then while I was there, Angular 2 came out and it's like, it really opens your eyes to seeing what's out there and 
to really, like you said, kind of step up your technology game and awareness as to like different methods and processes. And, and that's really cool. Yeah. You mentioned Angular one, which is something yeah. I also use with in my first job. And it's just interesting because the, the industry uses React a lot. So when I meet other people who have touched technologies that I've used, like Angular one, I'm like, cool. We have a shared uh, experience there in the, in the front end world. So yeah, I I went from writing like vanilla JavaScript and jQuery to Angular 1. Like that was really my my first like big framework thing. And so then I actually went Angular 1 to Angular 2. And I actually just started doing React at Glassdoor. So I had to transition from Angular, I don't know, number whatever, the modern Angular to React transitioning into this company, which was an, an interesting learning curve. But uh, thankfully, you know, if you get the right resources and you you know have coded long enough, you can figure out, oh, okay, this is how you do that thing I used to do in this other framework. <laughs> yeah, interesting. We talked about transitioning to React. I had a very similar experience to you, and I want to tie this into learning and community. I hadn't started Re- React until 2021, and I'd started in 2016 doing development. So um, I think one thing to call out is, I'm drawn to technologies and their communities. So I really like the React community and and what they're doing and what just the people leading those frameworks, creating the libraries. And so for a long time, I wanted to work with React and that actually influenced how I decided what team that I wanted to work on and where I wanted to take myself and my career. So I think it's a hot take, but a lot of people say like, you shouldn't be, you know, attached to a technology. There's a whole generalist mindset, you know, just everything's a hammer. Just think of it as a tool. Don't become attached, but it's not bad to work with technologies that you want to work with. I feel like we're lucky in the industry to be able to to choose. Like if you want to be in the React community, you can do that. There's those opportunities. If you want to focus on something else, Vue, Angular, there's significant opportunities there too. And yeah, and that just changes how you work, your demeanor. I don't know if you've had that experience as well. No, I think that's great because it's like, yes, they are all tools, but certain tools do work a certain way in your brain, right? Like for some people, like it just works a certain way or like the people who decided to make Angular, the people who decided to make React, they had a specific methodology that they kind of subscribed to. And so if you feel like that's a good methodology, it totally makes sense to want to stick with and connect with that community and that methodology. I mean, there are people who to this day still find jobs doing Ruby on Rails, which that framework's been around for like two decades. So it's like, hey, like if people can still be doing Ruby on Rails today and getting paid, like you can probably find a job doing, you know, any of the the front-end frameworks that you want for your whole career. So I think it's it's fine to double down um, on that. It's really what's important to you, right? Like as a as an engineer, some people it's about what technology they work with. Some people it's like they don't care about the technology, but they care about the industry, right? Like they always want to be in cybersecurity or banking or something like that. Whereas in other people, it's like, well, I'll change industries as, as long as I get to work with React in the front end. And it's like, that's that's what I enjoy, right? As long as there's something there that you enjoy that like speaks to you. Yeah, totally agree. You, you mentioned lots of awesome caveats, which I agree with for sure. 
Well, so what kind of keeps you excited and interested in working as a software engineer now that you're you're in the industry, right? You've worked at a couple of companies now. What is it that keeps you, yeah, plugged in and excited to learn things and kind of go to work every day? I really, the aspect of front end that keeps me excited is just the the hope and possibility to be able to create experiences that just wow people that are fluid, that are usable. I think the fact that you can create something and just share it via a URL is just crazy to me still. Like, I think that's so cool how you can just create something, share it via text message to somebody or a messenger WhatsApp and people can experience what you build. I certainly like CLI tools. I like desktop apps. I mean, I, I've also built desktop apps before, but there's just something so cool about the web and how it's easy to share your knowledge, share your experiences, share your creations. And I still remember from the beginning when I was learning a code, I would see people on YouTube talk about technologies and the hope that one day I could create something useful or clean like those people kept me kept me going. So those are just some things that keep me excited about the front end. That's really cool. And that kind of, speaking of things that we enjoy, um, I think that kind of brings us in, you know, every episode we always talk about something that brings us joy. So I just kind of wanted to ask, what's something that brings you joy in particular and something that you'd like to talk about? So one thing that that brings me joy centered around learning and and the work that I do is getting more people involved in uh, programming and and web development in particular. When I went to a coding boot camp, I actually stayed on to continue mentoring people. I still do that to this day. I still remember those challenging days in the beginning and I want to try and continue to alleviate some of those 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 feelings and, and challenges for for other people just be a mentor and have somebody to talk to so and the way I've gotten involved with that is there's various ways I still volunteer at my coding boot camp I share on Twitter sometimes about the stuff that I'm learning I get involved in open source so there's there's a few ways that I uh, get involved there I love that right? You went through a journey and you're kind of reaching back and giving back to people who were in your position, right? Trying to help them through coding boot camps and share on Twitter, right? Where people might be where you were back in 2014, 2015, something around that time, right? And like, yeah, right? They might be in some random college class and be like, uh, I don't know. And then see your tweets and be like, oh, hey, maybe I'll, maybe I'll check this coding thing out. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like um, it can seem very intimidating jumping into the world of code, how it just, you know, it's very abstract initially. We're used to it because we've been coding a long time, but I remember seeing the faces of, of some of my friends and some of my peers, and I remember why they got excited, and being a mentor allows me to kind of like how the coding bootcamp folks helped me remember, like, you know, my goals, like, when I had initially left because I was facing imposter syndrome, I like to help other people overcome that and, and, and just help them along their way. Because I do feel like programming is an art. I think it's one way to express yourself, you know, building stuff online and sharing it. So 
yeah, so helping out and volunteering is one of those outlets that I have for to do that. That's awesome. You know, what do you think like some keys to like getting into web development are kind of today, right? If someone is listening to this and they're like, yeah, I I am curious in getting into web development, like maybe they've kind of started, but they haven't really taken a big step or any big successes yet. Like, what do you think would be helpful for them to try to just get started learning? Yeah, somebody is interested in web development. There's lots of resources online, but it can often feel like a a ocean of, of, of content out there and you can easily become overwhelmed. But some resources for folks who, who do want to dive into developing for the web, I'd recommend first checking out uh, YouTube. One coding uh, channel that I like is, it's called Coding Tech. And the interesting thing about it is they showcase coding videos from different areas of, of programming, web development, iOS development. So you get to see uh, this broad spectrum of things. And then that could give you an idea of what area you want to lean into. So just building a little bit of a broad picture mentally. And then as far as like getting into web, I'd recommend Code Academy or West Boss's JavaScript 30 free course. I feel like those will give you a taste of uh, the, the awesome parts of web development and in, in a structured way. Because I feel like in the beginning, especially structure, actually not in the beginning, just in anything, structure just helps you focus on building what you want, that end goal. And so definitely JavaScript 30, Code Academy, at least are on the top of my list if you want to learn web development for free from awesome and engaged folks. So That's great. You know, how would you compare things to, like for people getting started today compared to like when you were trying to get into it? Do you think it's easier? Do you think it's harder? Have things changed dramatically or is it pretty similar? What What do you think there? This one is, is tough. I thought about this one a lot. I do think now there are more resources and in 2014 and 2015, especially for people who are coming from kind of like a non-traditional background, they're they want to take the self-learning route or, you know, maybe they don't have the resources or time to do a computer science degree. There are more resources now to to get into uh, the field faster, especially. So the one thing is, since there's so many resources, it can feel overwhelming. But I would say it's gotten a lot easier to to learn more because people are sharing more. People are creating more. People are on Twitter. People are creating more YouTube videos. So I think that definitely shows the uh, that there are more opportunities to to learn in different styles too. So that makes a lot of sense. It's interesting because when we kind of start talking about this topic of learning, you know, you mentioned that you kind of try to give back and help people, you know, in the way that you were helped. And you mentioned that when you kind of left the boot camp that you were facing kind of an imposter syndrome. And so, right, like that, I guess, is a challenge that is consistent, right? In some ways, it's like, okay, people have more resources, but they can be overwhelmed by resources. But at the same time, like something's never changed, right? And so part of that is like this idea of imposter syndrome that, frankly, everyone feels, but you actually have a very specific, like oftentimes it's internal but yours actually became external, right? Like you left the boot camp, and someone mm-hmm. had to kind of reach out and kind of pull you back in. What was that like for you to kind of go through that? And what kind of comes to mind there? 
So to your point about, you know, the imposter syndrome, you feel it internally. And I actually uh, externalized it by, you know, deciding to leave the boot camp. And I would say that first, I want to comfort people and let them know that even for me, I've, how many years have I been here developing? Seven, 2016. So it's about six years, seven years since I've been developing. You still can get imposter syndrome sometimes because you meet phenomenal people in your programming journey and you might be like, wow, like these people can do amazing things. I, and I don't know how to do that. So you can fall into the trap of comparison. But at the same time, you know, you need to stop yourself and remember that that's also maybe possible to achieve by asking for help or, you know, spending some time uh, learning those things. So, you know, even till this day, imposter syndrome comes out like somebody tells me to, to do something very ambiguous that I've never done before. It may come out for a little bit. So I still get it till this day. And I feel like asking for help is something that I started doing a lot more in my career after that experience, just letting people know how I feel. And that really helps a lot because holding it all in, I don't think it does anybody. It doesn't help you too much. But whereas if you verbalize that with somebody else and it, you may be scared to appear maybe less competent or I don't know what you might think or what somebody might think about that. At least that's how I felt. Maybe this person's not going to think I'm competent or uh, they might think less of me, but that's not the case. Times I've opened up, people have, it's made my work environment more relaxed because now that person also kind of becomes an ally in your journey. They're like, okay, you know, Clifford was able to open up to me and we had this shared experience. And most people I've run into into my career they're very helpful and, and nice people. And somebody opened up to me about facing imposter syndrome. I definitely would want to help that person. So I, the majority of people will do that too. So that makes a lot of sense. I think it's interesting because, yeah, we think if we kind of stay closed off and we don't share what we're struggling with, like people will think we're awesome and amazing. But it's funny because I've like read psychologically, you think that someone will like you more if you do things for them. But actually, it's the opposite. Like people actually become more attached if they do things for you. So it's like the people who you do things for, you are attaching yourself even more. So in that same way, like by kind of dropping the waterline and saying, hey, I need help to your coworkers, you are actually creating more of an attachment from them to you because they are then helping you. And now they're invested in your success, right? And they, it's interesting how all that psychological stuff works. Like oftentimes it's opposite of the way we think it would be. Yeah. But that that's great to hear because I think so many people would be able to push through where they're at if they would just ask people for help. But there's always that fear and like being able to hear like, oh no, Clifford's told people and like no one has shut him down. I've talk to people that I work with in previous jobs and like they've never shut me down. Like that's one of the things like in the last two jobs I've been at, I've been in more engineering manager positions. And so having been in imposter syndrome myself, like as we have new people onboarding, like one of the things I always try to emphasize is I'm like, ask all the questions you want. Like there's no dumb question. You can ask anything because it's like ultimately if you don't know something, like you can spend a lot of time spinning your wheels and you could have figured it out and actually moved on like in one fourth of the time. So it's like lots of times 
by asking a question, you're not only helping yourself progress, but you're actually helping the company and the team move forward faster. And so actually everyone's benefiting. It's not even just about you. Like you're helping everyone benefit by asking that question and by putting that out there. So that's awesome. Yeah, you just reminded me also of this. The past three months, I was helping, I onboarded an intern on my team and on the topic of learning web development in 2022, he was actually learning web development from scratch in 2022. I just remember going into it thinking, putting myself back in my position when I was starting and tracing back, like, you know, we get exposed to so many technologies through time. You probably remember Gulp, Grunt, Webpack, all these things, what they are. And I'm like, it can be overwhelming to somebody who's new. And while I was going into this mentorship with this new intern on my team, I immediately thought about my struggles and I want them to see the beauty of web programming such as I see it because I've seen people who only seen a glimpse and they've gotten stuck and maybe they didn't have the the time resources and mentors to stick it through and I'm like oh man, we we lost one here temporarily so timely to talk about learning uh, the web in 2022 when I help somebody learn how to do that from scratch in 2022. And maybe I could talk a little bit about that internship experience. So one thing that I think the technologies have gotten a lot better since, since when we started, I started in 2016 and one technology that comes to mind, and there's a lot of other alternatives, of course, is Remix. So Remix, the React, full stack React framework, and actually this intern, their task over the summer was to prototype Remix for us uh, at LinkedIn. And what I really liked about Remix is that this person could get a taste for the front end and the back end at the same time. Back end meaning, you know, working on the servers for people who are new to all of this. But it was just a, a nice experience seeing them become a full stack software engineer in three months and come out wanting to explore more of the world of uh just full stack web development. It was an awesome experience. That is awesome. Yeah, I actually am right now the website that hosts this podcast is just like a random service provider. But I'm actually building a website from scratch. And I'm actually using remix to do it. And uh, yeah, it is really enjoyable and really easy like you said, to like do both things. You're not having to do these crazy hops back and forth. It's not like you're like have this Java that spins up this, you know, Angular web app or React app or whatever. Like it feels more like you're in PHP or like something like that where, hey, it just does everything. And, you know, you've got PHP everywhere. And with Remix, like you just have a bunch of React and JavaScript everywhere and uh it's really fun to use awesome glad to hear you using remix and it's i've had a similar fun experience with it as well nice well hey as we wrap up this episode um we always love to hear if there's anything that you've been involved in or anything you've worked on that you'd like to share with the community that might be helpful yeah so for folks wanting to get into web programming software engineering in general there are a lot more resources now for, for breaking into the industry that I, I want to share. So at my company, LinkedIn, there is a apprenticeship program called Reach. So LinkedIn Reach 
is for folks trying to break into programming. It could be project management as well. There's like a data science track. There is an analyst track, but LinkedIn has an apprenticeship program that you should check out if you're trying to break into web programming. Other companies like Airbnb, Amazon, there's a whole list now that also offer apprenticeship programs. So I highly recommend you you uh, look into those, just the name of the company, Apprenticeships. I think those are what I'd leave off with. But feel free to reach out to me. I'm eager to, to answer questions for, for new programmers and people trying to break into the industry. Happy to be a resource too. That's perfect. And um, yeah, I will include a link to you know some of the various apprenticeships that are easy to find in the show notes. I know in previous episode, we've actually heard Twitter has one. Um, Alex shared that in episode three. He was at Wayfair before that, and Wayfair had an kind of apprenticeship program as well. So I'll include those as well as LinkedIn and um, some of the other popular ones. So if you all are interested in checking that stuff out, head over to the show notes, access that stuff. And Clifford, thank you so much for just joining and chatting. It's been a pleasure to get to know you, hear your story. It's, it's really unique. So I've really just enjoyed chatting. Yeah, thanks, Eddie. Uh, it was a blast talking. Glad to hear some shared history and the development journey as well. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for joining us for episode 36. I left the coding boot camp a week into it with Clifford Fajardo. You can find out more about Clifford on his website, cliffordfajardo.com, and you can find him all across the interwebs. You can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as a link to Clifford's website and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, why not help others discover it as well? Go ahead and give us a shout out on your favorite social media platform and tag that friend or coworker that you know would find it really enjoyable. Don't forget to follow us wherever you hang out online or go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date on all the episodes. Thank you for listening and have a great day. See you, everyone.